If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. And oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. Get your mouth shut. Get your mouth shut. Jerk. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. All right, how's everybody doing out there tonight? Welcome to a Word Home Media presentation of the Limp Ditka's podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the Limp Ditka's podcast. We're just a couple of Chicago pricks united by our hatred of University of Michigan football and the Chicago Bears. Uh, this week, we've got a dramatic Cowboys victory to talk about. We've got a pathetic Lions loss. Once again, we've got the Bears to talk about, a loss to the rival Packers. Uh, we've got some Pete's upset specials, uh, Michigan State in the college realm, no Notre Dame this week as they're on a bye week. And of course, we'll have our week seven, Limp Six, our top six rankings for the college football. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. Well... It was more dramatic than it needed to be, but uh, for everybody's enjoyment, uh, more so than uh, the rest of the nation over Cowboys fans' enjoyment, uh, the Cowboys won on a overtime touchdown pass from Dak Prescott to C.D. Lamb. Uh, on a play they had attempted to run a couple plays earlier, mm. um, but of course, there was a some sort of flag on the play, and they went back to it a couple plays later because it was such a well-designed play, and it went exactly like it looked like it was going the first time um, for the Cowboys. Actually, I think they took a timeout for some reason, uh, if I remember correctly now. But um, it was it was a very dramatic. It was very super entertaining. That was a fun it, game. Fucking fun it, game to watch. It did not need to be. <laughs> no, I was the, surprised it, it was as competitive it, as it was. But. The Cowboys should have had a double digit touchdown lead going into the half. But when you have 12 penalties that equate to 115 yards in the game, you are going to struggle to sustain drives and those were mostly on the offensive side of the football. Uh, in fact, there was one drive where not only did they have one penalty, uh, they, they had two, but l- lucky for the Cowboys, uh, by rule, only one penalty was allowed to be accepted. Um, so that, yeah, that, that would have been crazy. 13 penalties for 125 yards. Um, so I'm really happy the Cowboys are five and one. They look like the real deal because they have um, a decent defense this year. Trayvon Diggs, interesting story in the game, comes up with his another seventh, pick another pick six, his second on that, his seventh interception. Then 16 seconds later, he gets a double move gets put on him. Mm. And what I will say on this play is he definitely thought he had safety help because he tried to undercut it for a, a second interception. The problem was the freaking safety. When you really watch that play, like, and I've watched it a couple, a, a couple, two, three times, uh, the safety did not get over there. 
he ran like right past the play. The safety is there for like a second. For and a then five yard touchdown pass. I, and then the then the receiver is behind him. So um yeah, kind of uh really, really poor defense by the Cowboys at, at that particular moment where it looked like as we like to say at the end of this show, it was dagger time after that pick six, but uh, that was not the case. And everyone on America's game of the week really got an America's game of the week. Cause it was, it was uh, thoroughly entertaining. Um, so he's got seven interceptions, uh, at least one interception in every game. Yeah. And he had the double interception against the giants. So, so he is has, that a record yet? Have we determined? Well, okay. Well, what is here, the record? Here is what he has done. He has tied the record okay. of someone of a legend oh, with the boy. Pittsburgh Steelers. One Rod Woodson. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so he is in, he is now in Rod Woodson territory. So one more in their next game and he breaks the record. Uh, I don't, you know, they didn't say that statistic. Uh, if Woodson had a seventh in or a eighth in a seventh game or not, well, I just, but well, I just met seven in a row, seven games. In yeah. A row. Yeah. Seven games in a row. So, um, the only other thing that was kind of weird is on the very last play, which was in overtime, which again, we shouldn't have been in overtime and we did have a missed field goal due to it almost getting blocked by Greg, the leg. He God missed one. It. He missed one, but he tried to, he, <laughs> he adjusted his kick. So he kicked it under the, the arm of yeah. the, of the blocker, which just led to a horrendous looking field goal. But well. Probably better than it being blocked and 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 returned for a touchdown. So that's a that's a wily kicker right there. If he can kick up yeah. underneath somebody's arm, even though it'll sacrifice the the field goal itself to save the block. One would say that's a smart football play if that's if that is what exactly happened. Heady uh, play by Greg the Leg. He, a heady play by Leggy Greg. <laughs> uh, so. Um, on the final play. Uh, Dak Prescott strained his calf. Oh, he was in a boot that. the next day. Yikes. Um, they have down, they have played it. They've downplayed it. He said, he'll be the, if, if you're going to have an injury of, of any type of injury, it was a perfect time to have this type of injury. Cause I'll have the whole week to recover uh, with the bye week this week. And mm. he will be good to go for week eight. He's got the magic boot um, too. So yeah, he's got the magic boot. Um, the uh, Mike McCarthy seemed optimistic that that would be the case, but you don't know what the truth is in any of these situations, no. and it doesn't really matter at this point because they have the bye week. So it's not even really going to get into it, other than it was kind of like, oh, great, we just won, but now our quarterback has an injury and. We all know what the Cowboys look like without uh, Dak Prescott at quarterback. So it's not good. It's just not good. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's all I have on the, on the Cowboys uh, this evening. Well, my Detroit Lions, on a positive note, took sole possession of last place in the NFL. <laughs> And thus, the number one overall draft pick. Uh, they're in line to take that. They, they're in the driver's seats with their 
10th straight loss going to last year. NFL worst 10th straight loss. Uh, this week it was to the Cincinnati Bengals of all teams, uh, 34 to 11. They, there was, I, I didn't think this was true the first time I read it, but then I heard other people talking about it on the radio. The Lions have not beaten the Cincinnati Bengals since 1992. Holy shit. Boomer Esiason was their quarterback. The huh. last time the Lions actually beat the Bengals, which oh. is just, just I'm an to amazing let, stat. I'm going to have to let that soak in for a little bit. Yeah, that, that's how long. I don't. I mean, number one, they don't play them very much, but that also speaks to the ineptitude. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are going into this week thinking, well, it's just Cincinnati. The Lions should have a chance. They played really well, really well against the Ravens, and last week against the the Vikings had the heartbreaking loss and you thought, you know, they, they, they could put it together against a mediocre team like the Bengals yet. This was their weakest performance of the year in a, in a season of ineptitude. They look as bad as, as they've have at any point under Dan Campbell, or as I like to call him, Danimal cannibal. Uh, you, you kind of felt like after his emotional post-game press conference last week and, you know, almost universal praise that every, you know, Dudes will run through walls for that guy. He cares so much and they wouldn't even run through the Bengals last week. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about, about this team. Again, I, I, this season going into it was lost. The, the whole point of the season was to lose games, get the number one draft pick and they're succeeding in that. So I guess I'm not, I'm not too broken up about it, but it's just brutal football to watch. Uh, there's some, uh, evidence that the lions really are tanking um more than more than interesting more than the product they've already put on the field they have an injury situation that got pretty pretty interesting today taylor decker i mentioned at the beginning of the season was out with a finger injury not a finger and you and i questioned like how do you miss games as a lineman with a finger you know, right. why, why can't you just tape it to the next finger or make a club or put a crazy cast on it? F- figure something out. You should be able to get in a game. Well, Taylor Decker returned to practice last week. So it was assumed that he would be ready for this weekend where it was now announced today, I believe that it, or maybe there was a, I don't know if it was announced. It was a, a story in Detroit saying it, there's a, distinct possibility he could be shut down for the season on the IR with this finger injury. And that would just make you think, you know, if he was already on his way back and then suddenly he might be out for the entire season that lions brass just said, you know, especially after last week's performance, it's like, what are we doing? Why, why even risk it? Let's just, let's just put our best players <laughs> on the sideline, whether they can play or not. So there's, that feels like a, a tank job by the by the front office, not letting Taylor Decker back in. You know, you couple that with uh, Frank Ragnow, our, our Pro Bowl center, who did start the season. He went out with a toe injury and is now out for the season. So we've got the the strength of the the one unit that Lions fans could hang their hat on potentially was the offensive line. You have Taylor Decker out with a finger and Frank Ragnow out with a toe. So the extremities are, are costing the lions. their their one bright spot. You've got uh, Penny Sewell, who I was all fired up about and drafting him in the first round and uh, potentially a, a generational talent in the offensive line. 
they moved him to left tackle out of necessity when Taylor Decker went down. Well, now they've moved him back to right tackle for whatever reasons. And he's not looking good anywhere. Um, <laughs> you can't really fault the guy because they keep moving him the fuck around. It's like doing everything left-handed, doing everything right-handed. It's the, you know, the next week, it's just, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. And they're, they're asking a lot out of him. And he's not, he's not really performing a whole, very well so that whole offensive line is a disaster by their own making and by injury so hasn't been fun um it won't be fun next week as next up on the lion schedule is none other than the los angeles rams and matthew stafford our ex-girlfriend um he uh they're what four and one now five and one maybe yeah Stafford just threw for four touchdowns last week it, looking like the MVP LA is looking like the Super Bowl uh potential champions that we all feared they might be uh so the Lions travel to Los Angeles this week in what should be a complete bloodbath but hey who knows maybe they'll maybe they'll step up somehow and surprise us all um I thought I had one more note here but that might be that's probably it. <laughs> That's probably plenty. <laughs> is oh, that enough? Is that enough? Yeah. Yeah. I do have one stat. Stat of the week for the Okay, Lions. stat of the week. Go. This season, they have not taken one offensive snap with the lead. They've had leads in games. Oh, but that's anytime true. Because anytime they, they took it, the defense yes. gave up the lead or gave up, yes. you know, tied it right. So they've not taken one snap with the lead. Wow. That what a weird way to play offense. Like that always trailing. Always yeah. trailing. You got to try. You got to. Maybe they are tanking. You got to try to do that. I mean, uh, but I mean, <laughs> I never accuse the players of tanking. I mean, no, they're, they're, I busting mean... Their, they're, all, they're busting their ass, you know, because they should. But they're also busting their ass for jobs and you know to keep their job with the Lions or to, to move on to some other other some other team. So I don't ever accuse the players of tanking. But the way the right. front office has set this up, this is this is very high potential for a historic not Owen 16 team again it would be Owen 17 so we we had the we had the the Browns tie us a couple years ago for the the only teams with Owen 16 records so we're going to do our best to top that by going Owen 17 this year thanks to the longer schedule so we've got that to look forward to so that is more than enough time devoted to my Detroit Lions this week I think we should probably talk about a NFC North division rivalry between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much you know about this, but I, I want to get into I know little. I saw very little. I was paying attention to many other things other than two of my least favorite teams, but I did hear that the Bears did lose and that Aaron Rodgers had some fun with while scoring touchdowns and dancing. Yeah. So the 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 biggest situation um, that well, there, there's a couple things. One, uh, there were a couple blown calls that would have favored the Bears, mm. and one was on the horrendous pass by Justin Fields that was intercepted, which was almost as if he was trying to hit the Packers receiver. He got confused, thought the the Packers defender was 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 his receiver. Um it looked like Green Bay was off sides and, and the call was was not made. Um so there that's one. Mm. That's one that would have 
negated that uh, interception. Did the offsides like kind of create the situation where he made such a bad pass? I mean, was he in the backfield faster uh, than he should have been? Is that no, 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 just a random offsides should have been called? Yeah, yeah, should have okay. been called. Um, I, I I didn't really notice it in real time, but then like later on, like yeah, the the defense is offsides, but uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. And that was really that was really the big play. There was another call I, I can't remember what it was that that um, so Bears fans were complaining that they lost because of of oh the blowing God. calls. And Jeez. what I have to say to you is like Bears fans, you guys just have to realize the Packers are a better team than you. I think Aaron Rodgers moved to twenty four and five lifetime <laughs> against the Bears, or it's those are twenty four terrible calls in those games. Yeah, twenty five and five. It's it's an insane number. Wow. I I had the stat. I of course I didn't put it in my notes, but what I want to get into is is the most talked about portion of of the game, which is the the like the dagger time, the game over touchdown where Rogers runs in the end zone to be greeted by a bear, a female Bears fan giving him the double finger, the double bird. Wow. Flipping him off the double bird to which he responded. I still own you. <laughs> now awesome. like the super villain. He is. Yes. Like That's the, the anti-hero that he is. He oh, is wait, an wrong, anti-hero. wrong, wrong podcast. podcast. Uh, so he, um, that caused a uh, you are familiar that Olin Krutz is on our local radio station. I have heard Olin Krutz. That's usually when I change the channel. Yes. Yes. Detroit sports talk radio. But (laughs) right. You I tend to change the channel too, or just shut it off and go to music when I hear Olin Krutz (laughs) is coming on. But uh, Olin Krutz uh, said he want wanted to punch Aaron Rodgers in the face for what he said. Oh my god. Okay, meathead. You're you're so tough. normally I would not bore this podcast with with a, a long response, but I Aaron Rodgers uh the other day on uh a sport on the Pat McAfee show had had a had a pretty decent response that I think is worth worth reading. Um so uh, here it goes. I saw when Cruz said that he wanted to punch me in the face. Look. That is to that is to say I don't know Olin. I respect <laughs> him. He played in the league for a long time, but are we getting that soft as a society that we can't have a back and forth now? I mean, somebody can pay for a ticket and say whatever the hell they want, which I think they should be able to. It's fine, but the one time you say something back to them, that gets caught on a hot mic, which, like I said, that's there's a lot of stuff that gets said from time to time. Sure. Now I disrespected an entire city and organization uh, and my own organization question mark. Oh, so, that's, was that what Crute said? That yeah. He that he was, he was, he disrespected his org, oh his God. own organization too. And it's like, yeah. dude, I'm on, I'm on Roger's side on this. I'm on totally Roger's side on this. If you're running in the end zone and someone's taunting you and it's just a fun little jab, he didn't, it's not like it was a physical altercation yeah. or he didn't return the bird. He just said, I still own you, which is true. He it's, does. Yeah. In fact, the way I look at that statement, is not even taunting. He's just merely stating facts. He, he had the frame of mind to just state a fact. Well, how many years was Olin Krutz in the league? And uh, he had two yeah. chances per year to punch Rogers in the face by beating them on the field. And they rarely did it. So yeah, right. A lot of talk. 
<laughs> I mean, a lot of talk. A so I just thought it was like so ridiculous that, I mean, uh, just super immature to even say something like that. Yeah, and I, I think, I think what Roger said was hilarious. So that's what makes sports talk radio and football podcasts <clears throat> work. So thanks. All yeah. Man. Appreciate it. And I appreciate Aaron Rodgers giving us the content. He, he's embracing the role of the supervillain. Yeah. He, re- he really, he really has come in this year being like, I just don't care. He I'm gives just, zero fucks. I, he I gives like zero it. fucks. I like it too. I could the root court, for him more if he played for anyone besides the Packers, which may happen true, sooner, sooner true. than later. It, so. it, may, it may, it just may. And speaking of the Bears, it doesn't get much better for him this week. This is part of this stretch that we, of course, understand now why they won in, in Las Vegas with what was going on over there. And yeah. Las Vegas seemed to respond quite nicely to not having um, oh. John Gruden around this week. But um uh, they got to play Tampa Bay in Tampa where they are 12 and a half point underdogs, which this is not my upset special of the week, but I think you're safe in taking Tampa in the 12 and a half. Wow. They got to cover. They're going to, they're going to win that game probably by 17 points. Easy is what I think this week. But um, yeah. And then I think they've got, is it the Ravens after that? It's not, right. it's not looking good. Smitty might have 300 points again. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, the surrender cobras, my the surrender team. cobras, yes. yes, who who barely scored this week. Bunch of I almost jerks. had, I almost came back to win. I uh, almost got that fifty points on Monday Night Football. <laughs> you did like forty four. Derrick Henry went off. He was He's like a beast. A mid, he was like a Madden Derrick Henry the other night. Jeez, right. last two weeks. Uh, so I guess if you don't have any more pro, I'll just give my upset special of the week yeah what is your upset special of the week well it's going to seem like i'm picking on the chiefs but if vegas is going to keep favoring them i'm going to keep picking against them because their defense is porous and their offense looks like people kind of know how to play them now uh, enough enough to win and somehow the the bills who are a much better team than the chiefs right now anyway who have a better defense than the Chiefs went in as favorites in in uh, in the against the Titans and lost. I could the not Chiefs, handle the Derek Chiefs Henry. are rolling into the Titans. Like I said, with a much much their their defense is like last and everything. They are four and a half point favorites. The Titans wow. are underdogs at home against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's, that's strange. Two weeks in a row. You'd think with Derrick Henry, they can you know run the clock, you know keep. Oh, they can. They can run you know forever, yes. and yes. they should be able to keep the possessions down for KC. So yeah, boy. so that's it's, why it's under seven. But man. the money line is plus eighty eight. The points are plus four and a half for the Titans. That means they're just getting four and a half just to show up. And all right, that seems like easy money. Uh, to me, I like it. Uh, interesting note on last week's is um, I didn't, even though Russell Wilson had attended uh, all those practices, he definitely did not play. But yeah, I think he's out for like three weeks. Yeah, he's out for three weeks. But uh, as I thought, the um, Seahawks did make quite a game of it, and they they did cover the point spread, but they did not win the game. Uh, mm. They only lost by three. So. 
I was half right, but I'm just going to take the loss. Yeah, so if they cover, I mean, if you're taking well, the points, then... I told people to go ahead and I said definitely take the points, but you'd probably win the money oh. line too. Oh, so yeah. you doubled down. I doubled down, so I'll just have to. I'll go to three and two. I'll give myself right. the or a three and one and a half. I don't oh. know. Can or or three <laughs> one and that. one. Do I get a tie on that one? Maybe? A push, yeah. A push, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, let's but, do that. Three one yeah, and one. I'm Why three one and one on the year. So it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck. Yeah, we, we can want, do whatever the hell so. we want. When do you when do you hear the LDP this week? Uh, <laughs> the LDP six. So. All right. Well, that's all I got for pros. All right. Well, before we get into the college realm, let's go ahead and take a break here on the Wordhole Media Network. Wordhole Media. Major League A-Holes in the Hole podcast, where baseball opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and most of them stink. Find us at MajorLeagueAholes.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Michigan State kept their pristine undefeated record as they went to Indiana to take on the Hoosiers. Uh, it was not a work of art, though. Uh, 20 to 15 victory. They often refer to Big Ten matchups as rock fights, and this was definitely a rock fight. Uh, Michigan State looked look lost on offense. Peyton Thorne. Uh, he had only had two interceptions all season. He had two in this game alone. Really what was, what was coming down to is their running game was not working the way it had most of the season. So the play action pass was ineffective. And once that play action was not effective, paint Thorne didn't have many answers. Fortunately, uh, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker, the third still accumulated 85 yards uh, enough to get them, you know, a few points, but really the defense is what what carried them. The defense really stepped up, especially in the second half. A couple turnovers, uh, uh, big turnover and big stops down the stretch to kind of salt away the win. Uh, pick six, including a pick six. Uh, so, yeah, you really have the defense to thank for, for that victory. And I guess, you know, really every undefeated season has to have, a, you know, at least one struggle of a victory. And this may have been their one. Somehow <clears throat> I don't think so, because the, the competition mm. gets extremely difficult as we travel into the month of November. Uh, State is on a bye week this week uh, as they prepare now for the also undefeated Michigan Wolverines, who were 6-0. and They had a bye week this week. They are mo- They are playing... Northwestern this weekend, so I anticipate they'll be able to move to seven and zero, which would mean October thirtieth uh, in East Lansing, Michigan, at Spartan Stadium, seven and zero University of Michigan versus seven and zero Michigan State Spartans. Uh, both are in the top ten. State moved up to number seven in one poll and number nine in another poll. Uh, Michigan was inexplicably number six and eight, I think, you know, one spot ahead of state in both those, I believe. Um, so it looks like everything's pointing to both teams being in the top 10, both teams being undefeated. Uh, it would easily be the most highly anticipated matchup between the rival schools. So very much looking forward to that. I'm so looking forward to it that I'm actually traveling to Illinois to go watch it. Which makes no sense, but wait, wait, hold on. You're leaving <laughs> Michigan where the game's I'm leaving played. Lansing just You're 10 miles Lansing. from yes, yeah, to from where the scene of the crime. 
so to move 250 miles away from it to go watch with my buddies who all live in chicago now so it'll be fun one way or the other i think the spartans will be okay with or without me um the uh back to kenneth when Kenneth Walker the third, as I have had him on Heisman watch since week one, he did have 85 yards, which I was surprised by by the end of the game because I did not notice him do much during the game, but he just accumulated him through 23 carries, no touchdowns. He still leads the NCAA in total yard, total rushing yards with 997, but uh, you know, no no touchdowns this week. He's still tied for the rushing lead, I think. Or no, he's tied for fourth last week. But with a bye week this week, I'm sure he's going to lose that lead in the rushing yardage. So I'm a little worried about his Heisman candidacy. Is he needed to kind of shove it up Indiana's ass, and he did not really do that. And the like I said, the competition's just getting tougher as as we get into November. So this may be the last week that I consider him the Heisman favorite. Uh, We'll see. You know, big performances against those. Big teams, you know, that's that's an opportunity to really showcase his talent. So if he does have big games down the stretch, well, that just cements his Heisman potentiality. So got that going for him. The other big story in East Lansing this week was the sudden rumors that LSU of all schools might be interested in poaching our Mel Tucker, the bad motherfucker. Uh, after his six and oh seven and oh start, uh, the rumor mill has fired up now that uh, Ed Ogeron and LSU have decided to part ways after the season. The Vegas odds now have it have Mel Tucker as the favorite to become the new head coach of the LSU Tigers, which would be brutal. Um, it would be ironic considering the very same scenario happened in 1999 when a coach you may or may not have heard of, Nick Saban, left Michigan State for LSU uh, on his on his way to winning national championships with them, then into the NFL, and then to Alabama, where he's now the greatest football coach of all time. Um, so yeah, it's kind of kind of a rough week for rumors. I I I wouldn't be surprised. I guess. I mean, we just took Mel Tucker after he had only been one year in Colorado as their head coach, so he's clearly a mercenary. Uh, he has essentially the same kind of ties to LSU as he as he does with Michigan State. He was a grad assistant here. He was an assistant coach under Nick Saban at LSU, also. So the same tie, same tie, level of ties, I guess, to both universities. So I don't know that he has. You know, it's not like this is his alma mater and he spent his whole life wanting to be the Michigan State football coach. I'm not sure that's the case, but I think it's a little premature considering this is, you know, his second year. He had a terrible first year, but, you know, understandably so during a COVID year and through a, you know, building a pro trying to build a program after Mark D'Antonio quits in February. Um he did meet, beat Michigan last year, which is all I ever, all I could ever ask for out of a first-year coach at Michigan State, just to beat Michigan, and to get off to a seven and zero start here is awesome. But you know, he hasn't. You know, again, I, I broke down their schedule last week. It, they have not played a bunch of world beaters thus far. Uh, we'll see down the stretch, but I don't know if that shine of Mel Tucker will continue. Uh, through this November stretch, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I certainly hope it does because. 
in in a way because that's good news for state but at the same time it could mean that he's his stock has risen that much higher that everyone in the world's going after him and throwing more money his way but so that was it's it's kind of a, a double-edged sword the the success of mel tucker and michigan state kind of worked worked both ways for us so yeah i think that uh i think that indiana game was closer um too because i know i know teams aren't supposed to look ahead but you can kind of look past Indiana. You can kind of look past Indiana in a way, and I I'm gonna go with I got a little theory on that game. I, I I just saw little bits and pieces of it, but I think they I think the state ran a limited uh, offensive mm. playbook to to not get show anything on film. Not show. Uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna run the last game tape. And what's wow. Michigan State been? Been doing out there, Jimmy. Jimmy's gonna be like, "This is what they've been doing. This is what we got to work against." Because I love head. this, theory. and this is the best theory LDP has ever had. I love this. And uh, the the Wolverines, I hope, because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, at at this celebration, uh, which I hope is a Michigan State victory. I'm showing up in green um, in the Chicago suburbs. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not showing up in uh, in Mays at all i'm showing up in green i'm showing up in green and uh and i think they are going to give it give it to give it to the wolverines in a big bad way nice unfortunately they'll be giving it to them at 11 a.m your time uh, yeah let's can we just talk about that first yeah we need to vent this this this, and i guess there's always a chance it could get moved right to the game of the week or no, not at all. They waited to give the game time until Tuesday of this week. Oh, okay. Which which they already announced the the college game day site. I missed. I thought that. they did that the week before. Yeah, I'm not sure where that's going. to Well, be. that doesn't mean they could still do an 11 a.m. college game day thing because that's when they get off the air. So yeah, it's just guys, guys. We we we've, we've we had the Notre Dame Cincinnati game, which was probably better in the end that it wasn't a, a primetime matchup. But that week, based on those two teams at that point in time, should have been a primetime matchup. matchup. Yeah. yeah, it was at it was at one thirty in the afternoon. Then we've got this game at eleven. We've got Notre Dame USC at six thirty. Yeah. Who cares? To be honest, I I I'm a Notre Dame fan, and this this like I love great college football matchups than this this an interstate matchup against two big 10 uh, i'm not going to use the word powerhouses but maybe in the big 10 <laughs> they are two big 10 powerhouses um top 10 in the country undefeated should be at seven yeah it should be in the, should be at seven o'clock yeah six I thought o'clock it was- something in that time frame I've been paying close attention because my travel plans are dramatically affected by the game time. So I just assumed when they hadn't announced the game time all year that they were debating whether it would be the three thirty start or the seven or two thirty central or the seven o'clock central start, whether it be a late afternoon or an evening game. They I mean, even the two thirty start is better. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I assumed was the worst case scenario, which would have been fine with me, but. Yeah, so the eleven o'clock game. What it comes down to, I believe, it's it's a it's a game on Fox, like regular Fox. So, I think they also have the World Series game or uh, 
yeah, it'd be yeah, it'll be a World Series game that Saturday night. So, ah. so they weren't gonna Ooh. have they weren't gonna it wasn't gonna be a seven o'clock game no matter what. It was gonna be a two thirty game potentially, and for whatever reason that didn't didn't fly. So it's bullshit. It, it fucks up my travel plans dramatically, but nobody cares about that. But it's just gonna be strange to have that biggest game of the weekend, you know, starting at eleven a.m. in in the Central Time Zone, noon in the Eastern Time Zone. Just seems seems strange. Uh, special hey. shout out. Speaking of Smitty Travels fan, special shout out to WGN Joe. <laughs> yeah, we'll the see. man into town. Yeah, we'll see if that works out. I might not make it. We'll we'll see, we'll see how reliable <laughs> Joe is, but <laughs> appreciate it if he does. So, well, I think that's enough for Michigan State and my travel plans. Uh, I think we need to talk about <laughs> our second. Limp six of the year, week seven, our top six college t- rankings. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and give you my rankings and you can give me yours and then we'll come up with a compromise, come up with the official limp six for the LVP. All right, All right go, go g- give it to me. Shut no, up, I'm, give me down. I'm sticking with the same formula I used last week, even though we came to a compromise. I'm, 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 I'm treating each week as its own entity and we can come up with our own compromises every week, but I, I'm still going with the idea that the college football season is a, single elimination playoff and that if you lose a game and there are enough undefeated teams left in the top six that you will you're essentially eliminated so uh i've got all undefeated teams in my six i'm going to start of course with georgia i think we're going to be pretty united on that oklahoma number two i've got cincy at number three i have michigan state as the fourth best undefeated team in the country uh, and I have Michigan at number five, which I know you're going to balk at, but I, and then I dropped in Oklahoma State, who is six and zero as well. So it's basically an Oklahoma and Michigan connection. Um, so those are my top six, all undefeated teams. Uh, we can talk about the quality of each of those, but I think I think at least in terms of undefeated teams, that would be the the ranking of those six. I'm guessing you have either or both uh, Alabama and Ohio State probably in yours, but why don't, why don't, no, why don't, why don't no. you go Ohio through State yours? Can, Ohio State will never be in mine. And, <laughs> wow, and, okay. and, and they can't be ranked ahead of Oregon, which they are because Oregon beat them when they were the number three ranked team in the country, right. which drives me <laughs> fucking nuts. So Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincy. So we've got lined the, top up three. On the top uh, three. Perfect. I I did not change anything from what I presented last week, which was Alabama at number four, okay. Oregon at number five, and MSU at six. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so that would eliminate uh, Oklahoma State and Michigan from mine, which I'm certainly not adverse to letting I, I'm those okay go. With Oklahoma, I'm, I'm okay with Oklahoma State over – if we want to still leave – here's the thing. By the time – by the time this is all said and done, like we talked about, um, I think I think Oregon's going to be right there, like you originally predicted. Yeah. Well, the other so, part of my of my my system, at least for keeping undefeated teams, in, yeah, those are going to yeah. eliminate themselves. So that's yeah. why I treat each week individually. I'm not thinking yeah. about what, what you know if the playoff started today necessarily. I'm just saying who who are the best teams? Who who what six teams? Yeah, deserve I, a place right now. So if I start looking at it that way, will it'll be a little. We'll be at a. We'll be at a. Um, at a even more level ground. Then. But that's I'm that's the beauty. 
playoff system and the committee system is you can come at this any direction you want. Yeah. Those those committee members can come at this any direction they want. So and that's where you just so, have to come up with a compromise at the end. I, I'm 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 all for I'm good with Oklahoma State. That's going to work itself out too because Oklahoma State and Oklahoma play each other the last game of the season, yeah. which is going to be insane. So yeah, two of my four of my top six actually they'll be playing each other at some point. So yeah, so so we're... I'd be cool. So we're cool on top three. I'm I'm fine with Alabama at number four. Why don't we just move Michigan State they, ahead to of five? Yeah, five, and then Oregon since they have a loss behind State at six. Oh, you okay? You're so you're you're okay with having Oregon in, in there. I'm fine. I, I like. I kind of like the idea of having Oregon just to have some Pac-12 representation. The you know the west west part of the of the country in there, because um, I, I like. I just hate when everyone's from the same conference in this. So I don't mind throwing some Pac-10 Pac-12 representation in. Um, okay. So I think that that simplifies it then. Certainly, since we had the top three, that was easy. Yeah. I gotta start looking at yeah, Cincinnati's but... schedule. Are, are they gonna run the table? Uh... They probably are going to run the table, which is really interesting. Um, well, they'll move up to number two at some point because I, I don't, I still don't have a lot of faith in Oklahoma. Yeah, what, what's what's funny too is like their fate severely lies in how Notre Dame plays the rest of the season. Mm, yeah, they're banking on that high ranking. Yeah, I, for some reason, I think Notre Dame is going to still be in the top. You know, not too far from where they're at now, if not moving up higher. And they're what fourteen, or they probably moved up from that. They they moved up one by not playing, so yeah. that's always good. Well, that's that's it helps be Notre Dame. Well, it also helps when a bunch of teams lose again, like yeah. the the great Iowa Hawkeyes, which Ooh. I was like warning, warning. Not only are they known for corn, but did you know they're the uh, the number one uh, state for dildo usage. So that, that's a <laughs> fun fact I learned today on the radio. Wow. I, mean, I didn't know they kept those kind of stats. Uh... Yeah, they do apparently. And I, I learned that on a, a program today. So, <laughs> Well, congratulations, Iowa. Uh, yeah, that was a ridiculous game against Purdue. They lost at home. I mean, Purdue, Purdue completely kicked their ass. It was, it was pathetic. And they actually let – they gave Iowa several opportunities to come back in that game and Iowa could not take advantage of any of them. It was, I mean, uh, Purdue was like going to score and they fumbled into the end zone instead of getting a touchdown, they got a touchback and then Iowa went like three and out. It was just like, what, what are you doing? Do you want to be the number two team in the country at home against a mediocre team in Purdue? No, no, no. We have, we have to go play with some toys. Of course, of course the, (laughs) They're more concerned with their dildos, but of course the <laughs> the tweet of the week was uh, Purdue's SID or whoever tweeted out Purdue beat the number two out of Iowa. So cla- I thought that was classic. Uh, that nice is, that nice play good. on words there, Purdue. They are a, they're an engineering university, so they're smart people over there, I guess. But Congrats. They engineered the largest, they engineered the world's largest bass drum. So. Yeah, maybe that was uh, Iowa's mistake. They let the world's largest drum into the stadium. As, well, know, that's, that is their mistake. The, as we know, Notre Dame's not having that. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the end of that quickly. Uh, so, yeah, that might be the end of this podcast quickly. This is a, this I is a quick one. I think it is. 
without give, Notre give Dame me. playing. Uh, next week, we won't have any Michigan State talk, although hopefully there's no more Mel And Tucker no Cowboys rumors. talk. No Cowboys. Wow. Might have. We'll do a big, we'll do a big uh, pre Michigan Michigan State extravaganza. I'll, I'll have it all broken down for you. <laughs> nice, I can't wait. Well, with that, I think we'll <laughs> call the podcast. Uh, you can find us at limpditkas.com. All sorts of merchandise. I've got some new ideas for some Notre Dame T-shirts that I might be revealing tomorrow. I've got a a new uh, Mel Tucker T-shirt that went up today. Took. Um, so yeah, check us out at limpditkas.com. You can find us on social media at limpditkas. And you can find this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, I'm going to call this dagger time. We out. Peace. Peace. Media.